0: With Kerry Jones.
1: I'm in the small town of Fremantle, around 20 minutes from Perth in Western Australia. The town's a heritage site, its streets are filled with stone, colonial buildings from the days of the first settlers. Further out, you'll pass street after street of suburban bungalows, some wooden Victorian villas with verandas, lying next to modern yellow brick homes with carports. And then, on the 1970s industrial estate, 10 minutes out of town, is the home of two community radio stations. Radio Fremantle offers local civic and niche community programming and will sound familiar to many Brits. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Yes, we are. And roast you like Kit Kat.
2: Oh, do I love, do you love Kit, Kats? Kit Kats. Listen to this one
1: then. <laughs> this is news from the UK. Pink Kit Kat has hit stores. <clears throat> a Kit Kat made of naturally pink chocolate goes on sale this week, Ooh. and this is the UK. The taste is described as, as a tension between. Surprisingly, the other station, Sport FM, I thought was a commercial operation, but both stations which share this building are not-for-profit licences.
3: You can have your say on anything happening around the place as well. What did you make of those three players leaving the Perth glory? Joseph Mills, Andre and Jeremy Walker. There's rumours that another coach will be gone today. Joseph Mm -hmm. Gombau, of course, was sacked from the Western Sydney Wanderers, but there's talks that another A-League coach will go. uh, I met with the Radio
1: Fremantle boss to learn about the station's programming, ratings, funding and the collaboration with the local university.
2: Ted Walker, I'm in charge of... uh community radio station in Fremantle, Radio Fremantle, and you're in the building now which is shared by the sports station as well. Ted is Dr Ted, a former lecturer in physics. Before that he worked for
1: Australia's version of BT for decades. After retiring from academia, Ted took up an offer to engineer and operate the radio station, and he also owns an engineering and studio building company with his son. We started with Techie Talk. Ted says community stations in Australia enjoy higher power levels than their British counterparts.
2: The stations vary, but <clears throat> the, the really low-powered ones start around about 200 watts ERP. Um, the, the station that Fremantle's licensed for is a 1,000-watt ERP, which covers basically the whole of the Perth area, and so does the sports station, um, due to the height of the, the site and the ERP that's granted by the government. Um, but they're not licensed to be the whole of Perth. They're, they're, they've got number codes they use, like RA1 is the license area that you're in now, but generally speaking, because of the um, geographics and the, um, the layouts, um, you're covering about a million people with your, with your broadcast.
1: Tad told me that most people don't listen to Radio Fremantle all day. Instead, they dip in and out of programming, according to their interests.
2: We call ourselves um, diversity programming for age groups, not, not for a particular age group, not for a particular genre of music, not for a particular sporting groups or whatever. We have a mixture of everything very eclectic and um, that way you do force yourself by way of programming to be a tune in tune out station not many people have it on all the time we've got seven programs that are, are non-english including Italian, Portuguese, Russian um, and we've got um, Serbian, Croatian and part of the charter of our, our charter is to serve the local community um, not to sort of go up against a, a genre of music or an age group of music and and try and be commercial and have slick radio voices, which I would never have, but some, pe- some community stations have gone down that path, and they've lost their licence, basically, from just becoming a community station that morphs into a commercial station.
1: So do you have any programmes which are mainstream and music content, but the speech content is purely Fremantle?
2: Yeah, we do. We have um, our collage-type programs, the morning programs during the week. We have lots of guests, including the mayors of of the councils. The City of Coburn mayor comes in once every month and gives information about the district, and his district's about 200,000 or 150,000 and we get the City of Fremantle Mayor, Brad Pettit, to talk on the radio as well and give, give what's happening there. We have the RSL clubs involved. We have the arts groups involved. They all talk about art happenings in the area and... Um, exhibitions and uh, there's a lot of community stuff in the mornings, you know, it's just not music. There's a bit of music, obviously, but the, like the arts program, which was uh, the Ladies in Hospital at the moment, but normally on today, she'll have five or six guests from the, the local community come in, talk on, on what's happening in Fremantle, you know, so we, we've got a lot of Fremantle based stuff. Y la
0: canción, la culpa que eso está espectacular, esta canción, precisamente para Échame el tema que la estamos culpa. hablando. Mm-hmm. Eh, muy buen so, tema. 107.9 FM, this is Radio Fremantle. Today we are speaking to our Radio
1: Fremantle's link with academia uh, brings funding and and gives the station access to new talent.
2: When we started in this area about 31 years ago, um, Murdoch was the only university in our catchment south of the river and we we affiliated with them sort of for training purposes. All our announcers do training there. Um, They also... Progress through courses in media at Murdoch, and a lot of them get onto radio Fremantle or the sports station. Generates, you know, the degree is usually in in media. It includes print, um, television, radio, and all forms of internet media. So <clears throat> a lot of them just love to get into community radio, and you know, as soon as they finish their degree, or before they even finish it, they come down and start broadcasting. In fact, we're just working on the link now for um, six weeks of Murdoch broadcasting. Um, starting Monday, and they'll have the afternoon drive time on Radio Fremantle between 3 and 5, two hours of programming um, five days a week, coming direct from their studios at Murdoch but broadcasting through our frequency. That's
1: interesting, because that would present some challenges, I guess, within UK radio, because who is responsible for the content that's broadcast in that instance? You, I guess, are the licensee, so if somebody said something dreadful, who would get into trouble?
2: Well we would, number one, (laughs) because we are the licensee. But the other thing is these students, part of their course obviously they do broadcast law and ethics. They have training in in the legal side of radio, both commercial and and community radio. So like anyone, once you put your mouth in front of a microphone, if you say something really silly, the licensee is responsible because they actually are acting through our license and all their music copyright is through our license and officially they're They don't hold a license, they're actually announcers for Radio Fremantle for six weeks and we make sure that they're um, competent, that they know all the um, technical side as well as the legality of broadcasting. So um, they can play any music they like because they're covered by our license and it's just an outside broadcast for us. Like we could go and do it anywhere but the announcers that are actually participating are media journalists and, and radio people in training, you know, so It's a good aspect for them to to actually get some experience and all their friends at the uni and all their parents and mothers and everyone can all hear them on radio while they're still doing their degree.
1: Is there a benefit to Radio Fremantle (laughs) financially for that? Is there a partnership with Murdoch University where you'll be paid for your time or uh, creating a facility for the students to broadcast?
2: They do pay for the airtime, obviously, and and, and they they can run run their sponsorship through it Um, because it's not not actually... Economical to run all that broadcasting without any income for us because we've got to pay bills. So <clears throat> they do pay for the airtime for that for their trainees, and but also they um, they run courses for us where uh, we make no profit out of it. They actually run them for us, and the, um, the people doing the courses, the general public, actually pay for the course through the uni. So they, if you wanted to do a course in community radio, you could do it at Murdoch University and. The fee is pretty minimal. For seven weeks it's um, $330, includes everything, studio equipment, uh, lecturers, um, rent rent of um, equipment if you need it out at the uni and I get a certificate of broadcast completion in community broad- broadcast radio, you know, which is um, at the training level that you require to actually um, to meet the requirements of um the law and ethics part of radio and understanding where, where you stand and, and what you can say and do on radio and also we have limitation on the the number of sponsors that get, can go to air in the hour it's only five minutes per hour so they, they learn not to break any of the australian communication media authority rules so it, it's it's very good because it doesn't just get university students it gets the general public involved and the people that are on radio now including the the um, lady in the studio now she did the course and she's not part of Murdoch Uni, but she did it at Murdoch University to get into radio for a hobby. Basically, she just loved radio. So we get a lot of them through the course. The next course running is... um uh, be in August this year, and it'll be the second semester out there, and we'll, we'll get 16 or so students that are new to community radio, and a lot of them will end up on either the sports station here, Radio Fremantle, or other community stations. What's, and,
1: what's Radio Fremantle's responsibility in all of this? Does it create lots of extra paperwork, filling in forms? Do you need somebody to also sit in on the training sessions in yeah. some way?
2: <clears throat> we have a, one of our board members, Graham Hensley is the training officer, his name's up on, on the wall there, and he represents us at the course, attends a lot of it. He also helps them to uh, get into the studios here and get their first bit of on-air practice um, at the station as, as our announcers. They become members of the station obviously and start broadcasting for us.
1: Additional funding for Radio Fremantle comes from membership money from individuals, clubs and businesses.
2: We have um, membership fees for all the members of the station, like a lot of them became members because they just like community radio and want to support a community station and they've stayed members, you know, like a lot of the businesses when we switched on we had 100 businesses sign up as members. And we've still got a lot of businesses supporting it.
1: What do I get as a, if I'm a business? If I've got a copy shop, what mm. do I get for my membership?
2: We get your name in lights, like we've got them in the foyer there, and mentions on the airwaves if, if you're sponsoring a program, as as your membership may do. That this program is supported by such and such tyres, and that's a sponsorship announcement. but They're only little sweep, sweep sweeper things that. You know you're here and and um it just shows that they're helping the community you know the big clubs like the irish club the um croatian club the murdoch university they've all joined as members of the station and they we promote their their courses and things on air which is really not a some so much a community announcement but it is close to a community announcement because what courses they're running it
1: seems like Quite a big task, just keeping on top of that and making sure that people get their mentions on air. So who who actually feeds that through to the presenters?
2: We have a running sheet that's made up here, I can show you, Um, and they sign off on it. And there's all, all, the, all the sponsors listed there, as you can see. This is a, a grant promo. Um, it's Wrightson's Hairways in Fremantle, Fryer, Tuck, Ford and Dunan, Fremantle Asbestos, the general store goes on.
1: On Tuesday at 10 past six in the morning, yeah. um, somebody would have to mention. FAJ,
2: Fre- F-A- F-A- It's at Fremantle uh, Tax. Francis A. Jones, they're a tax accountant in Fremantle.
1: So it's a commercial log, but also it's for live reads as well?
2: No, these are all recorded. All recorded. Yeah, but we 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 have live reads. Um, that the ones that are community announcements that are non non supportive financially, you know.
1: Do you have to be a member? Do you have to pay subs to be on yeah, air? Yeah,
2: yeah. But you usually pay the membership so you can have a say in the running of the station. You can be nominated to a, the board positions, which there are nine board positions that meet every three months, and you can have a say on you know helping the station run and what what some ideas that you might want to put forward to help it improve, you know. So. That gives them the opportunity to get on the board and every year three board members stand down rotationally so we get new blood onto the board. But also they get the best Christmas party in the world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How much are the subs then?
2: Subs are for a person that's working at $33 a year. That includes $3 GST, which is a goods and service tax in Australia. Volunteer presenters at Radio Fremantle can also earn some extra
1: cash if they bring in sponsorship.
2: We do have commissions, Um, a lot of our announcers, like at least half a dozen of the 60 of them that are on air at the moment, they rotate a lot of them, some of them have got four per program and three. A lot of them do the selling for us because they, particularly in the um, non-English speaking programs we've got, a lot of those people have Irish clubs, Italian clubs, Portuguese clubs behind them and the sponsors obviously run businesses and a lot of them, sell to their own community and they get sponsorship commission which helps the station, you know. So
1: So. if I was presenting a, well I couldn't do a Portuguese show, let's say I'm Welsh, so um, if I was doing a Welsh show for example and I found some businesses that wanted to promote themselves on that, I could go to them and say I was from Radio Fremantle and ask them for money, uh, if they gave me $100 per show, yeah. would I be able to keep some of that myself, or would it all go to the station?
2: All goes to the station. All you get is the commission for the sale, that's all. It's not paid to you, it's paid to the station. And the sales commission is for us is 25%. Um, so if you sold a $1,000 sponsorship for six months, say, for their used car yard, the way it works is that uh, there would be a commission to you for the sale, which you would keep as the sales rep. Um, It would be a professionally prepared sponsorship announcement in the spoken language of of Welsh Um, and it would meet all the requirements of ACMA for tagging it for um, station sponsor on the end. We've got rules on how we can format sponsorship ads and uh, the station gets the rest of it. The station gets 75% of it to help run the station.
1: And what would my responsibility as, if you like, the salesperson be? Would I have to make sure that I... Chased up the money and kept the client happy?
2: That would be done by the station. You
1: know. Just behind you, there's a big box file with the words ethnic grants written on it. So, do you get, <laughs> uh, is it full of uh, grant receipts? Do you get lots of support from different organisations? Over
2: the years, got ethnic grants from the Commonwealth Government to support the. Um, ethnic programming, particularly um, you know settlement when they come into the country and getting them settled as, as immigrants and help from war-torn countries that come in as war-torn um, um, you know, people that have escaped from their country. There's a lot of those. We've got Afghanistan being one of them. We've got Ali Madani who does the Afghan program and he is he's, he's the Afghan help program and he has his own group behind him. a lot of those people uh, obviously get some government support and they support the station to put out community information for them to help bring them into the community of Australia. Uh, They're they're generally more than 50% spoken word programmes. They're not music programmes.
1: Ted says Radio Fremantle has a good working relationship with commercial radio and the newspapers.
0: Do you have a new business, product or service? Do you have a story to tell about it? Are you on a budget? If the answer is yes, let the Herald take your message throughout the cities of Fremantle, Melville and Coburn with over 89,000 papers delivered every weekend. The
2: commercial media in Perth record every community station 24-7, year in, year out, listening to um, whether you're a competition with them you know, and you're trying to take dollars off them. That's their right and they're entitled to do that because they pay $26 million to have a frequency. Community licences are issued for free. Radio Fremantle has listening figures, official ratings, and Ted says
1: that does assist the sales operation.
2: We just did a survey with McNair, the um, group that do the surveys in Australia on radio. The listenership for us is pretty big. It's, um, uh, in an average month, McNair said 88,000 people tune into the station every month and they would be the tune-in, tune-out people, and the survey reflected that. It said, you know, I listen to the Irish program, I listen to the World Football Soccer, I listen to the Afghan program, you know, and that's what showed in the stats. We've got a big box file, there's box files everywhere here, aren't there? This is the latest calculation, this is a 15-plus audience, and for 15-plus age group, the audience reaches 88,000 in a typical month and and 33,006,
1: Put that into the context, I and mean, that's a lot of people. 88,000 yeah, reach. Yeah. What is your survey area in terms of headcount? The total population. Total
2: population um, over 15 is um, 220,000, and in our reach area of the city of Mel- uh, Fremantle, Coburn, Melville, Fremantle. that's RA1. So yeah. you're
1: getting 88,000 listeners in a potential listenership of 258,000. That's quite big.
2: It is, yeah.
1: These ratings are these... are done
2: by a professional rating group. Are, are,
1: they, are they ones which would not be disputed by the commercial sector or the ABC? No, Everyone don't. agrees on these?
2: Yeah, they do. These are the sort of reports that give um, f- the regular listener reports and what we do well and what we don't. That's been prepared for Radio Fremantle by the community broadcast I and mean, are the professional survey people. Well, we you're,
1: d- you're, you're flicking through a really detailed, chunky telephone directory of, yeah, of, of data and, yeah. and statistics. So, has this helped you in any way? Have you found more advertising money, sponsorship money, because of it?
2: Yes, we have, yeah. Like people ask you, you know, what's your demographics? And we tell them it's it's diverse. Well, what was the sample size? Well, a typical sample to make it average is over 300. Yeah. It sounds low, but it really isn't because. As the numbers go up in the formula, you'll find that the confidence level goes from 90% up to 98%. Ni- and we're at 98 now with that sample size. How do,
1: how do they weight it in terms of ethnicity? Because you might okay. end up with figures that say nobody's listening to the Bangladeshi program because you haven't actually surveyed any Bangladeshi people.
2: I, I, I do that internally as an engineer by looking at the um, audio streaming and other factors that you can see when they're tuned in and not tuned in You know, on that.
1: But you could argue that some of the poorer communities that you would cover may not be reflected in streaming because they might not be able to afford yeah. broadband yeah no
2: the survey goes through that it asks them how you're listening and it's a 200 page survey so i won't go to it but it, it it asks them are you listening in the radio are you listening on streaming are you listening on this abcd and that goes to the um to the survey people that these people actually fill in the survey online um and we advertise it and they advertise it and say that your local station here radio Fremantle, wants your feedback so they can Find out what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong, and we found a lot of things we're doing right and a few things we're doing wrong, obviously. And we um, we were lacking in youth broadcasting, so we've injected a lot more in, of that into the station after this survey. Quite a few new, seven new broadcast programs have started with with about 15 new youth youth presenters, you know, on the station because. We we're meeting, were meeting more the 50 to 60 age group bracket and, and had a little light on for the um, 15 to 21 year old bracket.
1: The HQ with its three light, airy studios was a buzzy, vibrant place. It was busy because of the number of guests and contributors heading to the sports service. I walked down the hallway to reach Sport FM and spoke to one of its main presenters,
0: Jack Crawshaw. I uh, host the nine to twelve show um, on Sport FM during the week. Jack
1: is a paid member of staff on the community sports station, and Ted had told me that Sport FM does have a number of full-time paid on-air employees because they need continuity in coverage of sporting events, and they require people to set up guests and interviews on a daily basis.
2: But mostly of them are involved in the. the the prime time slots like breakfast and drive time and the ones that travel and broadcast, outside broadcasting, they're the ones that are mainly involved. But there's a lot of volunteers on the station that, you know, 168 hours in a week, they're not all paid. It's just the ones that actually, their volunteer time, if they were volunteers, would not be possible. It just means that they'd have to give up their job to actually work on community radio, so, you know.
1: And for Radio Fremantle, how many people are paid within that organisation?
2: Two, out of 250, audio producer and the office, and that's about it, engineering, of course, um, but they only get paid um, very minimal money, ma- their wages would be part-time, equivalent to part-time, you know, there's not not like the the income of the station, for instance, I'll give you an example, the total income of the station is 170000 Australian dollars a year, and out of that, most of it goes on electricity and other things, so it's not a, um, a place where you could have more than, average wage in Australia is probably about 60000 so you'd only need three people working full time and you, you'd have no money to pay the bills, you know, so uh-huh. it's just the, as again, as we say with the sports station, the office type work, which is forever sending out bills to sponsors and, and filling out forms and um, banking and, you know, all, uh, preparing stuff for audit and all the rest of stuff, those jobs um, are fairly heavy in hours, you know, they take a few hours a week, so, um, and volunteers, to do it would need to be experienced bookkeepers and things like that, so you really need some staff to do that. You
0: care, make a difference to mental health.
3: 91.3 news update for station sponsor Golf Car World. With the latest I'm Alyssa McNeil. The Federal Government has vowed to strengthen the corporate
1: Sport FM Weather.
0: For station sponsor Retrovision. Lowest prices on Fujitsu air conditioning guarantee Well, the forecast says that we possible shower clearing. Well, I reckon we might have uh, seen that come and go with the shower light, at 22 down. degrees on Monday. Current temperature at the moment. I was We're surprised on to learn that Sport FM, degrees.
1: a community service. Is the only sports broadcaster in the Perth radio market?
0: Not in this market. No, there is a, a 24/7 sports station in Melbourne, in Victoria, which um, we work alongside with in, in some aspects. Um, but other than that, though, uh, in Western Australia, we are, you know, in terms of dedicated 24/7 sport. No, we are the only type in the, in this state. Yes. Now, being a not-for-profit
1: station, obviously, money is not going to be as free-flowing as it might be with the ABC or one of the big commercial networks. So, does that give you challenges with things like? Sports rights, which might be sewn up by the big broadcasters.
0: We um, obviously are not in a position to broadcast AFL football just because of the commercial rights, etc. But that comes back to the the local angle, you know, where there is sports that obviously cry out for the coverage, like the WAFL competition, where we there's no such thing as a you know broadcast rights, etc. So therefore, it's it's pretty much you enter in an agreement, and everyone's sort of happy, you know, and, and away you go, sort of thing. And, and that also um, comes with the Perth Glory and and Perth wildcats and those type of sports the soccer and the basketball as well that you know not necessarily there will be rights surrounding that it's more about a partnership um and and having a partnership that um is mutually benefit beneficial for both parties whether it be you know us promoting community elements of what they're trying to achieve and and obviously from uh from 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 our point of view we'd like to be able to broadcast their sport obviously to give us some good content and uh, and, and ultimately um you know have a product which which um people will want to listen to on 91.3 Sport FM Perth's home for sports variety Sportsline with Jack Crawshaw
1: So how do you operate a sports radio station within the community radio ethos?
0: Good morning, welcome to Sportsline here on 91.3 Sport FM, great to have your company this morning wherever you may be listening, it's all thanks to tabtouch.com.au, Toolmart the Complete Tool Centre and Mrs. Max Pies, of an eight Mrs. Max, uh, take it back. There's a, definitely a West Australian skew about it, that's for sure, so yeah I mean the charter of the station is, is Obviously, to, to promote grassroots and and amateur sports that don't get the coverage on mainstream media.
1: So, how have you reflected that, say, today in your three-hour air shift? Because it might be very easy to go on air and talk about all the things that people are talking about in the pubs: football, uh, maybe rugby, certainly cricket. So, have you purposely, actively sought out some more niche sports to feature?
0: Um, I think it's always it's about the balance. I think you, you've got to have that that type of balance and. Um, you know, like we we do a fair bit of um, coverage of the WAFL competition, so which is the next level under the AFL. So that's that. So we've done a little bit of that this morning. Um, there's always a focus on on women's sport as well. I mean, because a lot of the time that doesn't get the mainstream promotion either, which um, which um, it should get. You know, so uh, there was a little bit of that on my show this morning uh, as well.
1: Is it? non-stop speech or do you play records
0: uh no no so no music i don't play any music in my show i know that um we do have a little a little bit of music across a few different a few different shows if and when required um but but generally um i will uh yeah we pretty much talk for three hours we do source some content from, from other stations as well around the country, which gives us just another different, I suppose, angle on it. So maybe some stuff from Victoria or New South Wales or South Australia or something like that that just gives us a different angle on not necessarily always um, West Australian, West Australian, West Australia the whole time because we, we do realise that there's probably... Expats and um, and obviously people who have lived in different states, who support different teams, obviously who um, you know who live in Western Australia. So yeah, so that gives it that gives me a bit of a chop out anyway, in order to uh, to listen to something else and not my own voice so <laughs> so much. But um, yeah, yeah, there's no. Um, there'd be a very small percentage of, of music on the station before definitely less than sort of three or four percent that's for sure
1: and do you produce your own show do you set up all of your guests you don't have anybody helping you
0: no 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 so <clears throat> in terms of the setup of the whole station so our breakfast show does have a producer obviously just because of the nature of breakfast radio it can be pretty hectic we do have volunteers that come on and uh, in, and help out our drive show obviously because that is a, a mainstream program that um, that in similar ways is, has the same demand as what Breakfast Radio does, but for me personally, no, I I sort of run my own race so therefore, you know, whether it comes to organising of the guests and the content and uh, and where it sits in the show and, you know, what flow and, you know, all that kind of thing, no, purely sits with me, so, yeah, that's sometimes that, that has its pros and sometimes it can be a massive con because you're forever chasing I suppose at the same time, people don't get back to you as much as you'd, as you'd like them to Do you
1: get much interaction from listeners on the phone or is it more from social media or email.
0: I think it's a bit of a, a mixture, especially in the key slots of breakfast and drive. We have a pretty active um, talkback line.
3: G'day, Tappy here from the Golf Guys. Join myself and fellow PJ professional Kim Felton every Thursday night from 6 to 7 for all your latest golfing info. We talk to all the key players on and off the course. We'll even try and help you with your golf game with one of our Swing Doctor segments. So well, there the are
1: shows not- reflecting sports rarely featured by mainstream media. Ed Feathers, the local GP for 37 years, has co-presented a weekly 30-minute sailing show on Sport FM for the last five years.
3: Our show is half an hour. Uh, we produce it on Thursdays. It goes to air on Fridays at 1.30. This week we have the last of the summer season's ocean races, the Fremantle to Cape Naturalist and Return. It's a big ocean race, it's probably the biggest one we have here and it's a fantastic race in the ocean with very rough seas predicted, so we're looking forward to all of that. We'll cover that, and we'll also cover our young athletes that are travelling overseas. A lot of West Australians compete overseas on the match racing circuit. Good afternoon, and welcome to Let's Go Sailing on 91.3 Sport FM. G'day, Tony Pugh.
1: G'day, Ed Feathers, and good afternoon to
0: our listeners.
3: Well, a perfect storm for the Diggers' Cup race at Royal Perth Yacht Club on Wednesday afternoon. Anzac Day falling on a Wednesday. A lot of sailors already sail on a Wednesday. Good weather. And you're doing
1: half an hour a week on sailing in this part of West Australia. Is there anybody else on
3: broadcast radio that is doing so much sailing coverage regularly? Ours is the largest sailing show, and they do cover it on other radio stations uh, when there's a big race on, but mostly when there's an incident.
1: You can listen to both Sport FM and Radio Fremantle Online.
0: Channel loving. With Kerry Jones.